Information shared on the following program is for general information purposes only. It does not constitute legal, tax, investment, or other advice, nor is it intended to recommend any particular investments, products, or financial instruments. Always seek advice from your financial advisor, attorney, or accountant with regard to investment, legal, or tax questions. Congratulations on your graduation. Too bad they don't teach this stuff in school. Welcome to the only show in the country dedicated to helping savers worry less about money. The Worry-Free Retirement with your host, Tony Walker. If you got it, you don't need it. If you need it, you don't got it. You don't get it. Shame on you. Funny, funny, funny what money can do them that have it. Get more of it, the less they need it, the more they love it, and it sticks to them like glue. Funny, funny, funny what money can do. College. For years, the process of taking classes, studying hard, then taking tests to be sure you've retained the material in hopes of one day graduating from college. So what? So you can move on and hopefully have a good paying full-time job earn money for retirement. Kind of like that, right? And when you think about it, whether you've attended trade school or some high-priced university, taking classes at the most basic of levels is required before you can move on to more advanced classes and then on to graduation. For instance, you wouldn't expect to become an engineer by going to college and then immediately taking an advanced math course without taking the basics. No, in college, before you can graduate with an engineering degree, you've got to start out with the basics, then learn more and more from the advanced classes as you get better at engineering. And of course, you then have a well-rounded education. It's interesting though, that while this may be true in college, this sequential nature of taking harder and harder courses and getting tested for your knowledge isn't that way at all when it comes to the real world of money. You see, for the past 35 years of working with thousands of hardworking savers, here's the sad truth that I've discovered. While they all have certainly poured their hearts, souls, and minds into equipping themselves to make more money, going to college or trade school or whatever, the vast majority of these savers have never been taught about the basic steps to gain an understanding of what to do with the money after they've earned it. And the truth is, no more self-evident than specifically in regards to the topic we'll be covering annuities. A what? Welcome folks to the Worry-Free Retirement. I am that little man in the sweater vest, 401k rollover specialist, fiduciary, and yes, annuity expert, Tony Walker. And today with me in the studio, as always, is America's favorite financial sidekick, Mr. Aaron Orander. How are you doing, Aaron? Hey, good morning, sir. I'm doing great. How about yourself? Good, good. You remember those days of studying hard and taking tests and all that stuff? Yes, and I do not miss them at all. <clears throat> I don't either. I had to, I had I to retake a test about 10 years ago. It was a really hard test. I'd had something similar years ago. Uh, they had changed the law and I had to go take it. And I thought, man, I hadn't taken a test in years. It was hard too. So I'm glad I'm, glad I'm out of those days. Even in my professional career, I've gone through the CLU, the CFP. I've taken—I mean, I've taken more tests in finance than. Uh, hopefully, I've been there, done that. I'm done with that stuff. But anyway, uh, we're talking about today. We, you know, most people—you're going to find this out. Most people have never really heard of the term annuity. 
You're kind of like that guy on the dock of Jaws. Play that again. That's a great line. A what? He's like, what? But yeah, annuities, what are they? When, when did they start? Going to be a good history lesson in annuities and why they are getting so, so popular, particularly for those of you out there who are very conservative, who are approaching retirement, or maybe you've already retired and you are worried sick over the stock market. So because interest rates are so low, many of you can't get good rates at the bank, that's a problem. And then secondly, you get out here and you decide to invest your money in Wall Street. And over in Wall Street, unfortunately, you've got all this risk. So annuities are starting to fit the bill for a lot of people who number one, don't wanna take a lot of risk. And number two, don't wanna run out of money in retirement. So today's program is actually entitled, Aaron, Annuities 101. Sounds like kind of a college so course. we are going it? back to school. Sorry. We are going back to school. Okay. Very good. And we are going to cover the basics. And here's my promise to you folks. This may sound like a boring subject, but I assure you, we got about 22 minutes left in this show. If you will hang in there after this 22 minutes, you're going to know more about the basics of annuities than most financial advisors. I promise you that. Folks, I've been using annuities since 1984. That's when I first became licensed to sell annuities. And it particularly really got involved with them after 9-11 when I was managing money and they flew into those darn buildings and then, you know, down went the market. And I said, man, we got to find another product that's safer than these things. So, yeah, sure, we still use the stock market for some of our accounts, uh, but the majority of our money, roughly 50 to 70 percent of our money, depending on the clock we're working with, goes into what we call fixed annuities. By the way, there are there's four types of annuities. Let's clarify that. And we've got free downloads on our website. If you want to read about the truth about annuities, you have um, uh, you have the annuity decision guide. Again, you would just go to TonyWalkerFinancial.com in the query there, just type in downloads. Uh, and then also you could get the uh, Mailbox Money for Life booklet. Those are two really good booklets. You can read those in less than an hour. That will help you understand a lot about annuities. So there's really four types of annuities. You have the fixed interest, fixed indexed, immediate. Those are the three we use. The fourth type um, is one I used back in the 80s, but I don't use those anymore. They're called variable annuities. I uh, don't like the variable annuities for savers. Number one, they are risky. They can go up and down in value, and the darn fees are so high. Um, Aaron, you don't probably keep up with fees and all that. I know you help produce the show, but you probably really don't pay much attention. But just on the surface, imagine you're going to give money to a company to invest, and on the right on the front end every year, they're going to charge 4% a year to manage it. So how much does that mean you're going to have to earn just to break even if they're charging four? What do you have to earn? Four. <laughs> <laughs> so let's think about that. Think how hard it is to earn 4% now. And the insurance companies issuing the variable annuities by the time everybody gets their hand in the kitty. Uh, it's, it's, it's crazy. I mean, I just don't, under, I can't understand the logic of that. I mean, so the annuities we use, most of them don't have a fee. If they do have a fee, they're around 1.2%. Again, the, uh, the advisor ourselves don't get that fee. That goes directly to the company. So those are the four types of annuities. So what is the purpose of the annuity? What's the definition of an annuity? Well, Webster's basically defines an annuity this way. It simply says a sum of money payable yearly or at other regular, I like that term, regular intervals. Now, they call an annuity an annuity. There's other terms for annuities. Uh, you could have a pension. Some of you are still eligible for a pension from your employer or state government. Uh, federal governments have pensions still. In fact, I'm holding in my hands, this is kind of interesting. This is someone who wants me to look at their pension. I think they're gonna go ahead and elect um, a monthly survivor option. But anyway, 
It's funny, it says joint and 75% surviving spouse, and they literally refer to the pension as an annuity. It says it right here. So a lot of people say, well, I hate annuities. You know, you got, there's a guy on Wall Street, he's always, I don't know if he's got in a bad mood, if he's having trouble at home with his spouse, but he always seems to hate annuities. I'm thinking, well, wait a minute. You hate annuities, but our entire pension system, the, the entire social security system, and then, of course, we have all kinds of savers that love annuities. So I don't know what's not to love about guaranteed income for the rest of your life. Sound okay to you, Aaron? Yep. I mean, okay. So you might say, well, so why does some of the people on Wall Street tend to hate annuities, Tony? That's because they don't sell them. Um, so just because somebody doesn't sell something doesn't mean it might not be good for you. So that's what we're going to do today. We're going to just try to dive in the basics of annuities, try to help you understand what they are. We've already defined the definition, and that's the provide regular payments for the rest of your life. Uh, my granddad called it mailbox money. Oh, incidentally, there's some famous people out there that were big believers in annuities. I'll name a few of these. They're kind of interesting. Let me get my cheat notes out here. Uh, this one's a little, I guess we should probably not necessarily start with him, a little more of an infamous fellow, but nevertheless, O.J. Simpson had annuities. You know why he put money in annuities? He was trying to create the regular stream of income to keep it out of lawsuits and creditors' hands. Mm. So he's actually okay. had some pretty good advice there. Um, Babe Ruth. The Great Bambino. Babe Ruth's. The story goes he avoided a lot of the stock market crash. He played, you know, baseball right. back during the Depression because his advisor told him to buy annuities. Annuities are not invested in the stock market. So he avoided a lot of stock market crash in the 20s and 30s because he had a lot of money in annuities. Uh, this is very interesting. Ben Bernanke, do you know who he was? Is that ring Ooh, a bell? I've heard his name, I know. So he was former Federal Reserve Chairman. Okay. In an article, he was quoted this in 2006, he disclosed that his major financial assets were not stocks, were not government bonds, but were annuities. Isn't that interesting? Huh. A Federal Reserve chairman had a lot of money in annuities. And of course, we all know the story about my granddad and his generation. Almost all of those fellows back then had pensions or annuities. And that's why I think a lot of people were worry-free. We talk about that a lot. How do you be, how can you not worry about money when all the money you have is at risk? Uh, if you're a saver, you're gonna worry sick. So the point of the worry-free retirement is we gotta worry less about money. We have to find products like annuities, not put all of our money there, but products like annuities that can help us safeguard our money and make sure we don't run out. So when we come back, we're going to look at the different types of annuities, but more importantly, who's backing these things? Who are these insurance companies and what happens, listen carefully, what happens if an insurance company goes belly up? Could that happen? And yes, it could happen. So when we come back, we'll talk about insurance companies and something called the State Guarantee Fund and how you will have some protection should that happen. You're listening to The Worry for Retirement. I'm Tony Walker. I'll be right back. With 401k plans at all-time highs, why continue to risk your hard-earned money? There's a safer way to retire worry-free. Attend nationally recognized retirement specialist Tony Walker's next free workshop, Retirement 101, December 9th in Louisville, December 10th in E-Town, and December 12th in Bowling Green. These workshops are free, but seating is limited. So register today at TonyWalkerFinancial.com. That's TonyWalkerFinancial.com. And now it's time for Tony in the Trenches. 
Our Tony in the Trenches uh, comes from a gentleman that actually met with me in the office recently. Uh, he, was, he had been shopping around, actually shopping for annuities, and he came into me and he said, but Tony, you're the only one that is assuming that I may not make any money on the annuity. Could that happen? And basically, yes. So a lot of you folks, we, and we sell these products, they're called income riders. They're paying anywhere from 4% to 10%, you know, whether it's compound simple interest. But folks, you got to remember, if you're calculating the rate of return for an annuity, what would go at your death, that generally does not include those numbers. So a lot of times an annuity may or may not guarantee a large return on your money, certainly not 5 to 10%. So my suggestion is let us talk. If you're looking at an annuity, been to a dinner seminar pitching annuities, before you rush out and pour your life savings into these products, you got to have a game plan first. You don't put money into the annuity, then try to figure out how to use it. you got to learn what's going on with your situation, what's the best use of the annuity, then find the proper annuity that fits within those circumstances. By the way, I meant to mention this earlier, Aaron. How long do you think annuities have even been around, the concept of an annuity, a regular stream of income from now on? Well, if they were around during the great Bambino's day, they've been around for a while. Uh, what have I told you? Because I didn't know this even. I had Megan in our offices do some research. Back in the days of the Roman Empire. Oh, we're going way back. That's right. Gladiator days. <laughs> you think gladiators had a bunch of annuities? You know, probably insurance companies would love them because they didn't live a long time. Yeah, they, so they didn't, really, have, yeah, they didn't have a long lifespan. Oh, gladiator. Now, they didn't like life insurance for gladiators. Yeah, <laughs> it's hard to get life insurance if you're a gladiator. If you wanted a lifetime income and you're a gladiator for an annuity, yep, sign them up. Uh, but yeah, the Roman Empire, um, Megan's provided some uh, research here, but basically they were the earliest dealers of annuities and also credited with the first actuarial table. So folks at insurance company, the way they're so accurate at this, they have something called actuaries. And these actuaries basically study when people are going to die. That's what they do. And that's why we kind of kid around about the gladiators. If you threw 30 gladiators out there in the Roman Colosseum, you wouldn't need actuaries. You'd say, hey, you know, probably a couple of weeks, all these guys will be dead. I'm not going to, you know, write life insurance on them. Again, I might give them an annuity because I won't have to pay out very long, but, but that's a little harder in the real world because we have millions of people running around. Most people don't know when they're going to die, and actuaries don't know specifically individuals when they're going to die, but if you take a large enough group of people, the actuaries are pretty accurate. They can tell you how many people are going to die in any one year. Pretty wild, isn't it? So that, and then the insurance companies use that information. Then they take the information that they're investing your money, so you give them your money and they invest it, and then they come up with a rate. So they try to determine how long they think they're going to have to pay this money out to you for the rest of your life. That's built into the contract of the annuity. And the good thing is they can't change it. So if it's specified to pay you, let's say, 5000 a year at age 65, they've got to pay it to you for the rest of your life. Uh, even if you live 40 years, they're going to pay it to you. So we kind of fast forward. So the gladiators, they didn't have it, but the Roman Empire did. Um, in the United States, Megan gave me some other research, it looks like the Presbyterian Church in 1720 set up annuities to help their aging ministers and their families. And also, it was later expanded, this is kind of interesting, to provide a regular stream of income for widows and orphans. You know, we hear widows and orphans back then. Do you realize that's, that was a problem? Men would die. Let's say they're the breadwinner. Well, there wasn't government programs. Mm. What's a widow with uh, two or three kids supposed to do? Right. So people in the church recognize that. 
So I guess what they were doing, they must have probably taken donations that people made to the church. They set that money aside, and they did basically the same thing. They would invest it and then pay that out. So that was kind of interesting. Oh, here's another one. Ben Franklin used the purpose of annuities to help with the cities of Boston and Philadelphia. I forgot about old Ben. He's, he knows he's on the $100 bill. He's we talked about that. Yeah. Yeah, it's kind we of discussed cool. that a couple of shows ago, yeah. Yeah, Ben. I like old Ben. I like $100 bills. Those look pretty cool. But as we said, folks, we didn't catch the last episode. By the way, we're on our podcast. Uh, you can check those out at TonyWalkerFinancial.com. And they're on, is it SoundCloud or something? Yeah, you go so. to SoundCloud and type in the Worry-Free Retirement, and you know, it'll pull right okay. up. Okay. You can listen to past episodes of the radio show. Incidentally, the past episodes of the TV show, they're really good. Man, we're doing a bang-up job on those, Aaron and Megan. But you can watch any of the past TV shows, obviously a lot more graphic than a radio show, by logging on to YouTube and then just typing in Tony Walker Financial. That's our YouTube channel, and we got all of our past episodes on there. Okay, so let's talk about these insurance companies. So the concept of annuities has been around forever. People have benefited from lifetime income. Now we got to say, okay, that's fine, Tony, but if I hand my money over to an insurance company, what happens if they go broke? Could happen. Right. Um, there's a difference, though, between broke and in receivership. So insurance companies are actually regulated by the state governments. The states, like Kentucky Department of Insurance, they regulate any business done in the state. If an insurance company is located, doesn't matter, in Iowa, they do business in the state of Kentucky, they're going to fall under the state of Kentucky's jurisdiction or the Department of Insurance of Kentucky. Uh, we do business with people in Indiana and Tennessee, Florida. They all have their own individual state insurance departments, and those state insurance departments are charged with uh, observing these companies, make sure their reserves, that's the money they have set aside to pay future claims, you know, to make sure they're solvent, they have plenty of money. Um, now, a company can go in receivership. Uh, over the years, I've done this 35 years, I've actually represented three companies this has happened to. Uh, all of my clients came out whole, they got all their money back. When it goes in receivership, usually it's more of a lag time that you they're not going to be able to give any money out unless it's an emergency, etc. But if you look at an article on this, it's really interesting. Insurancejournal.com. This was an article that came out. Uh, Megan, was this in 2013? It looks like an older one. Did you remember? I think it was. Yeah, yeah. she's saying yes, it was. Okay, 2013. But it talks about very, very, very few companies have ever become what's called insolvent. Now, if you think of comparing insurance companies to banks, insurance companies have had a much better run with companies remaining solvent. In fact, they estimate much, much less than 1% of any company has ever become or would become insolvent. That's pretty good statistics. not like 10% or 15. So, um, and there are some that have recently gone bankrupt. Uh, I haven't heard of a lot of these. Sea Change Health, Executive Life. I remember Executive Life. Lumberman's Mutual, Universal Healthcare, Standard Life. I remember Standard Did Life. Did you say Lumberman's Mutual? Yeah, that's only for lumberjacks. That's only for lumberjacks. I'm just right. kidding. Yeah. <laughs> With Lumberman's Mutual, yeah, that's almost a, a sexist kind of thing. No wonder they went out of business. They probably had like eight guys, these big <laughs> burly guys. Like eight guys. Yeah, and then you know you need the law of large numbers. That's not going to work with eight burly lumberjacks as your clients. So you're gonna you're not gonna make any money as an insurance company. So we've so we've talked about the. Um, state insurance departments. Let's talk about the state guarantee fund. Okay, so you say, well, okay, Tony, let's fast forward. Let me let me put on my pessimistic hat. And what happens if one of these companies goes in receivership or goes bankrupt? Who's going to back up the insurance companies? 
So in the banking world, we know we have FDIC, and uh, that generally covers up to $250,000 per account. So the insurance companies actually are backed by something called the State Guarantee Fund. And for some strange reason, the insurance departments really don't like us talking about the Guarantee Fund. I think that we, they think we'll use it as some sort of ploy to you know, make people feel really warm fuzzies about the insurance company. And, and it, is, it is a little complicated, these state guarantee funds. There's limits. So rather than trying to explain them and, uh, you know, get myself into hot water trying to talk about a state statute that the insurance companies don't want me talking about, all of this information can be found on their website. So if you just want to Google, if you're in Kentucky, Kentucky Department of Insurance, state guarantee fund, or if you're in Indiana or any other state, just Google that particular state's insurance department and then put in state guarantee fund, guarantee. All right, so that'll help you a little bit and you can kind of learn a little bit more about what's backing these insurance companies. But again, personally, I have probably, I don't know how much, 60% at least of my net worth is with insurance companies. I like working with insurance companies. I love contracts. To me, they're a lot more predictable than just kind of flinging your money out there and hope something good comes of it. So. What we're going to do when we come back, we're going to talk about the pros and cons of annuities. That you know, As I always like to say, folks, there's no perfect investment. There's no terrible investment. The key in life is finding the investment vehicle that's right for you. So when we come back, we'll talk about the pros and cons of annuities and something we created that fits well within this concept called the split IRA and how we at Tony Walker Financial are well equipped to help you not only understand annuities, but while we are so good at servicing what we sell. You're listening to The Worry Through Retirement. I'll be right back. With 401k plans at all-time highs, why continue to risk your hard-earned money? There's a safer way to retire worry-free. Attend nationally recognized retirement specialist Tony Walker's next free workshop, Retirement 101, December 9th in Louisville, December 10th in E-Town, and December 12th in Bowling Green. These workshops are free, but seating is limited. So register today at TonyWalkerFinancial.com. That's TonyWalkerFinancial.com. Welcome back to the Worry-Free Retirement. Uh, we're glad to have you with us. And we're, our topic of today's show is actually like going to class. It's annuities 101. Hopefully you feel like you're getting some basics. And in fact, we, we were talking at the break, Aaron and I, I think we're going to kind of ratchet this up a notch. We might have an annuities 201 and then an advanced class 301, kind of, because there's so much information about annuities. We're just tip, the tip of the iceberg. So basically, here's the pros, all right? Here's why people love annuities. We'll get to the cons in a minute. They do outweigh the cons, by the way. Speaking of Ben Franklin, did you know that uh, Aaron, he did the same thing? I know people can't see this, that we're, we've got the monitor up here. He would draw a line, this is true, and he'd write pros and cons. Yeah. So if he was thinking- I know a lot of people that do yeah, that. Yeah, it's, it's old. Yeah, Ben Franklin started that and it makes so much sense. My father-in-law did this all the time. First time I ever really saw somebody seriously do that. I mean, I have chicken scratch stuff out, but this is, and then you just kind of weigh the options. So the pros are, first of all, with an annuity, your principal is protected. Okay, now not a variable annuity. We're talking about the three annuities we use, the fixed interest, fixed, interest, fixed indexed, and immediate. All right, so if you put $100,000 in there and the market crashes, you still have your $100,000. The second thing, the pro, 
If it does go up, let's say you make 3% that year on your $100,000, you got $103,000, the market goes back down next year, we're talking about a fixed indexed annuity here, you don't lose what you made the prior year. So you would still have your $103,000 even though the market's gone down. The third pro, I love the fact that these are contracts. So the contract, if you know how to read the contract and understand it, apparently a lot of people don't because they say they're complicated. Well, yeah, they're complicated, but not if you take time to read them. If you don't read them and study them, yeah, they're going to be complicated. So just because somebody says it's complicated doesn't mean you shouldn't do it. Uh, number four, a lot of people don't know this. They think to be in an annuity, you've got to have $50,000, $100,000. That's not true. In fact, we have some companies, and we'd be happy to share these with you, for as little as $5,000 you can invest into an annuity. You can put your IRA in there, your Roth IRA, inheritance, all kinds of things can go into an annuity. They avoid probate. I like this, you know, no need for a living trust with an annuity. By law, the annuity goes to the named beneficiary, which obviously means you avoid probate. Annuities, and sometimes actually this can be a disadvantage, but annuities are tax deferred. So let's say you've got an inheritance, but you know you're in a high tax bracket, you wanna make some interest on it, but you don't want that interest taxable. The annuity will not be taxed until you pull it out. That's called tax deferred. They're very flexible. Let me, you know, I like flexibility. A lot of people say, well, my money's tied up in the annuity. Well, that, that we're talking about surrender charges. We'll get to that in a minute. But in general, if you know how to use the annuity properly, if you have what we call our split IRA concept, you'll be fine. You'll have all kinds of flexibility. Don't worry about that. If you have either a fixed interest, fixed indexed, or immediate annuity, you will have either no fees or very, very low fees. So I like that. Most savers don't like high fees. So again, most annuities do not have high fees other than the variables they do. Asset backed. What that means is the insurance company as we discussed earlier, is backing this asset. They're gonna protect it, they're gonna guarantee it, and they're gonna provide the money to pay that claim out, that, that mailbox money or whatever you're needing the insurance for. And this is a real big misconception. In most cases, whatever's left in the annuity that you have not drawn out will go to your heirs at death. It doesn't just all disappear magically just because you're dead. Now it could, depends on how long you live, but in general, that's not how they work. All right, let's slip over here to the cons. You know, I said that the annuities are tax deferred. Actually, that tax deferred status can really get you in trouble. So if you're not careful, and if you're buying annuities from people who don't understand annuities and taxation, they actually can cause tax problems. So again, on the one hand, they're a pro. On the other hand, taxes are a con with annuities. Potentially high fees. Again, if you have a variable annuity, you can just write this down it's somewhere between two and four percent, maybe even higher. We can study that for you. Uh, we just moved somebody out of an annuity yesterday. The guy couldn't wait for the thing to be out of its surrender charges. I mean, the fees were ridiculous. We moved him over into a no-fee annuity. He likes the concept of the annuity and the preservation of principal and future mailbox money, but he didn't want any fees, so we're able to accomplish that for him. Low rates of return. Let's face it, folks. Most annuities are not going to make you a lot of money. That's not the purpose. The purpose is to preserve the money over time, make a reasonable rate of interest and make sure you don't run out. And they're not meant for growth like the stock market or something, okay? Surrender charges. Boy, this is really, really complicated uh, for most people, but it's really not. Just think of it this way. Um, if you get out of an annuity prior to the end of its term, most of the terms start at five years. They can, most of them end at about 10. So let's say you put $100,000 into an annuity and then it's a five-year term. If you decide to cash it in, 
surrender it, get your money back. In the third year, what the insurance company is going to do, and this is all contractual as well, so you can read the contract before you buy it, they're going to charge a penalty to get your money out. Now they do that because they've had to pay commissions, they've got reserves they have to put up, so it is expensive for an insurance company to issue an annuity. And finally, the con, if you don't buy it from the right person, tough luck because that person is one and done. What I mean by that is if somebody sells you an annuity, okay, listen closely, and they make a big old commission, which there's a lot of commissions in these annuities. Again, we work on a commission basis all the time, nothing wrong with it, but the question you gotta ask is, wait a minute, if this person's gonna make thousands of dollars on this transaction for not really doing much or servicing it, why in the world would I hand over my money to somebody that's not even gonna be servicing the contract? That's because it, for many people, it's a one and done. This is why people are doing so much advertising and marketing, trying to get the baby boomers and put them in these annuities. There's a lot of money in it. So what's the answer, Tony? So what do I do? Well, first of all, hopefully this basic instruction of annuities, what they are, who issues them, how they work, just the basics has been helpful. But the best thing to do is meet in person, to talk by phone, meet in person, see how we can help you, regardless of whether it's annuity, a 401k, brokerage account, life insurance, long-term care. If you have questions, we have answers. Give us an opportunity to talk. There's no cost or obligation. All you got to do is log on to TonyWalkerFinancial.com. And while there, just click on that Let's Get Started button, and we'll make that happen soon. That's TonyWalkerFinancial.com. Well, I hope you've enjoyed today's show. Next week, we're going to take an either, even deeper dive into Annuities 201. That's right, Aaron. I decided we're going to do it. Annuities 201. But you remember, between now and next week, if all else fails, you be worry-free. If you got it, you don't need it. If you need it, you don't got it. You don't get it. Shame on you. Funny, funny, funny what money can do.